This week's Four Questions Journalist Spotlight is brought to you by Lefts Atlanta Media, Atlanta's best journalist database. Subscribe at leftsatlantamedia.com. Welcome to another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. We are talking today with Emil Moffitt with WABE Radio here in Atlanta. Good afternoon, Emil. Hey, Mitch. It's very good to join you. Good. Thanks for thanks for taking a couple of minutes today. Uh, I want to start with a little bit of background about you. You are a, a reporter with WABE, but you have certain focus areas. And I know that you know WABE has lots of different shows and people who cover politics and environment and, and whatnot. But this is about you today. So let's talk about you. <laughs> You know, Rose Scott can get her own show, right? She's got wait, she's got her own show. That's wait a right. minute. She has an hour a day. She has an hour a day. So wait to give Emil twenty minutes. All right. So so tell me about tell me about Emil. Where where'd you come from and what are you doing here at W A B E? Yeah, I'm originally from the Dallas Fort Worth area, grew up just north of uh, DFW area, went to school at uh, UT Arlington to study uh, journalism there. Um, I have been for the last uh, 10 years or so working in public radio um, after working in the Dallas-Fort Worth market uh, for a little while, moved to uh, Kentucky to work for an NPR station in Bowling Green, have also uh, worked for the NPR station in Nashville, and for the last two and a half years, dating back to uh, June of 2019, have been here in Atlanta working at WABE, originally started as a general assignment reporter and did that for about two years, including our our crazy 2020 uh, election cycle, uh, covered a lot of that, covered the General Assembly for a couple of years. And for the last six months or so, have been focused on business reporting, um, just covering the Atlanta business scene, which, of course, is uh, bustling um, and the, the tech scene here in Atlanta, as well as covering uh, some sports and arts and culture as well uh, thrown in there. So sports, auction, auction culture, business. Well, that's a, that is, that's a wide range of <laughs> the, the fun, the fun challenge is trying to find ways that all of those intersect. And there are some stories where you have, you know, maybe three or four, two or four, but if you can get four or four, if there's stories with, you know, arts and culture and sometimes, you know, sports or, or tech and sports or business and arts and culture. Um, if we can find the, the magical combination of all four, that's like the gold, the gold story. I tell you, with the growth of esports, you know, covering that at least the tech and sports angle is uh is is not as hard as it used to be. So there, so there's that there's that part of it, right? That's true. You have uh, you have esports. You have all co- sorts of uh, technological advancements with the arenas and the game presentation because the the game presentation at home has become so good as far as watching the games on television that a lot of sports. Um, organizations have found out that sometimes people come to the game and they're a little disappointed because <laughs> I can't see that giant replay. And right. so they've had to find a way to work that into the actual game presentation of being there to make sure that you have just as good of an experience and full of an experience at the game as you can at home now. Yeah, I, I've never impressed this much going to a an NFL football game, sitting at you know uh, upper tier, right? Watching, okay. Was his arm moving forward when that ball got out? Did he step on the line? Where, where's the? Re- you know, if you're in the box, you got the, you you can watch all the replays. But but yeah, now they've started showing that on the, on the jumbotron, so you can so you can see it all. But you don't have that, you know, ESPN, four different screens at the same time on on your computer where you can see all the instant replays. You know, it's it's funny. I was thinking recently that the one thing that I guess didn't really take off was in in hockey for a while they were adding in like the like 
like a graphic for the puck. The trail so, on the puck. The trail yeah, on yeah. the puck. <laughs> and I, I think hockey purists, they just, they just didn't like that. They're yeah, like, there's, yeah, there are certain technological advancements that just fit in well naturally. You think about like the first down line in football. You can't think of a, <laughs> a, a bright, watching a broadcast now without that. But then there are ones like the, the hockey puck and sometimes the, um, the, the camera in the, in the base, uh, in baseball or in the dirt that, that sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. And I was impressed that the, Camera guys for golf can track the ball, but anyway, that's that's a whole other thing. So, uh, so tell me, what, what do you, from your perspective, what what's different about public radio and WABE that's different from it, other radio stations or other news outlets in in Metro Atlanta? I think what we really try to focus on is the the human angle to every story and really trying to give voice to, to everyone in the city. We talk about, you hear about all the time about the rapid growth of Atlanta and Georgia, but just trying to make sure that we give focus to everyone in the city, all different types of, of people to make sure that no one is being left behind and that this, this rapid growth is not advantaging just one certain specific group of people that it's really um, being able to, to take advantage of for, for everybody uh, in town. And so we really try to find how stories affect people uh, on the ground and whether that's a, a political story, whether it's an economic story, whether it's an environmental story, whether it's transportation, how these stories really affect people at the, at the, at the ground level and really trying to tell that story and going out and listening to people in communities and having the time to tell a four-minute story, an eight-minute story, a 10-minute conversation, a 20-minute conversation with people that live right here in Atlanta. You know, you're going to hear a lot about that if you listen to NPR. You're going to hear a lot of national conversations that that go that in-depth and, and take that long of a time. But I, I feel like WABE is able to give kind of voice to people in our community and give them a long time to express themselves and to, to tell what they're really feeling. Yeah. And, and you guys, obviously it is a more longer form interview format and uh, shows like roses. And then some of the afternoon segments that, that Jim Burris does, those are definitely longer segments. Uh, so more in depth and, and you've got, and you've got a web component too, right? To, to what you're, what you're reporting on. Yeah, that's so important, our, our website, uh, because people consume uh, media all different types of ways these days. It's not just turning on the car radio and listening when you get from point A to point B, especially with the pandemic. People aren't spending as much time uh, commuting right. these days. And so getting the stories into people's ears and into their hands and, and getting their eyeballs on the stories is so important. That's why we really try to focus, to, to even build out our web story. Sometimes, sometimes you may only hear a, a minute or a minute and a half on the radio. And then we have so much more to add on the web uh, from uh, kind of uh, expanded quotes and, and a little bit more information, some background information, some links, some photos, um, if we're able to go out uh, on a story and, and capture some good visual images as well. And so we really try to build out that web component to where if you hear a story on the radio and say, I'm really interested in that, I want to learn more, I want to find out more information because it pertains to me, then they can go to the website, see it on social media, and they're able to, to get a little bit more, some value added uh, on the web as well. 
Okay. And that's WABE.org, correct? Yeah. Okay. And, and what's, where are you on social so people can find you? Uh, I am on mostly active on Twitter and it's Emil Moffat. It's just my name spelled out, which is E M I L M O F F A T T. Mainly on Twitter is where you can, where you can find me. Okay. All right. So uh, if, if folks want to contact you, is it, what, what's the best way? Email or direct Twitter tweets? What's, what's the best, best way to get you? Uh, email is probably the the absolute best um, to get me at, which is e m o f f a t t at w a b e dot org. So emoffit at w a b e dot org. Um, I'm someone who just you know, kind of checks emails religiously, and I'm always kind of sorting um, stories and emails. If I if I get something, a pitch from somebody, um, you know, I may not be able to do a story on it that exact day, but I'm always looking at it, reading through it. And then, you know, a couple, you know, a day or two, or maybe a week later, some of these threads start to come together. And so you may see three or four emails on a particular subject and say, Hey, this might fit well with this, this source might fit well with this expert, this person story might fit well with this. And then eventually turns into a a longer form story. So I would say email is the top. A lot of people have reached out through through Twitter, direct messaging, and that's great as well. So uh, really just, uh, you know, messaging and giving, giving me kind of the, uh, the story ideas and kind of planning it in my head is the best way to do that. And then I kind of keep a, a running total of, of the, the people who I've accumulated, sources I've accumulated, and then putting those together into a, sometimes a longer form story. Yeah, I always tell folks, it's, you have to have kind of a, a longer perspective with, with media sometimes. I mean, there's, there's that combination of, Yes, you're going to do a story that has to happen today if there's some huge business announcement. But, you know, if you're a PR person, look at it and say, does this story have to be done today? Or is this just as good a week from now or two weeks from now or a month from now? Uh, and, you know, kind of gauge your, your aggressiveness and your follow up accordingly. If, uh, you know, if it doesn't have to be a story and, and obviously keep in touch with, keep in mind what else is going on, especially with, uh, with TV and radio, you know, you gotta, gotta look and see, you know, did UGA just win a national championship the night before? Is the president coming in town to talk about voting rights? Uh, you know, what's, what's the environment like to understand before you pick up the phone or dial, a, send an email to understand how that's going to be received by a, a busy reporter at the other end, right? Absolutely. And, and we're always looking, we're always checking emails and, and social media feeds and, and finding those stories. But you're right. It's, it's something where you may just have a hundred things happening on one day. This is a great story. I'm going to set it aside and try to set up a time for next week when it, when it's a little less busy. Yeah. We may be able to, to give it a little more attention, even if we wait a week than opposed to just saying, okay, we got to do it, you know, this day when, when you get that email. Right. Is there anything in particular that you're thinking, hey, I really need to cover this topic and I haven't quite gotten to it yet? You're either looking for sources or looking for a way to kind of pull it all together? Uh, yeah, we, uh, we've we been focusing a lot um, in the last several months, as, as a lot of people have been, on um, the employment situation and jobs and people leaving their jobs and people uh, finding new positions and, and this kind of uh, empowerment that we've seen from from the workforce. Um, along with obviously transportation has always been a huge issue um, here in Atlanta. So how people are 
are moving back and forth and, and commuting uh, across the city and best ways to get from, from point A to point B. Um, we've been looking a lot at, um, you know, obviously the film industry is big here, is becoming bigger and bigger in Georgia. So trying to tell those stories of um, the people who have um, been able to, to work in the film industry and really have a career in that industry here in Atlanta. Um, and then sports, um, sports gambling is, uh, is one thing that, that's, that's taken off across the country in the last 10 years or so. Um, and has made some headway in the Georgia legislature, hasn't quite uh, made it past the finish line yet, uh, but that's something uh, that's we're a, still continuing yeah, to, that's, to that's a tough push in Georgia, that one. That one I've been here. I've been in Georgia 40 years, and that uh, that has always been a, you know, the legislature's always been like, yeah, I don't know about that one. <laughs> it's making for some strange political bedfellows, too, because last year yeah. uh, when it was, uh, when the debate was pretty heavy in the legislature, you had, uh, some Democrats who supported it, some Republicans who supported it from a from a perspective of economic development, but then others who had hesitancy because of their their qualms with the um, with gambling um, overall. Right. And so, but right. but you see states like Tennessee, neighboring Tennessee, that that have legalized it and and have have reaped the the financial benefits. So um, it'll be an interesting debate, um, which we expect to see uh, this legislative session as well. Yeah, and the entertainment side is 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 great. Uh, you know, we have our I have, we have kind of a subgroup, the Georgia Entertainment PR Alliance. It's a group of PR folks that focus on that, and and we're doing work with folks in film and TV and esports and music. So it's it's great, kind of working with those, and and some of them are small and some of them are big. And you know, we we said when we started this that we wanted. We wanted to help, you know, everything from big studios to a small documentary producer who's trying to get off the ground. So we, those those folks are fun to work with and and great stories to tell. We, we did a story with Lois Rice's a couple months ago about a new program that UGA is doing to train people in the film industry and a new a new uh, master's class that they were offering. So there's there's great stuff happening there, and and I think people in Georgia just love being able to a see that peach at the end of their movies. That's like, that's a cool thing. And, and seeing all the productions on their streets, you know, there may be a little griping about blocking up the street here and there, but they, they like it. Right. It's, it's kind of fun to be able, I mean, I had a neighbor, you know, when the black widow movie came out, she's like the first 10 minutes of that movie are all from my neighborhood. And she was, it's just like this year, she's watching the movie. Like, There's my neighbor's house. There's under that house, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, and when you get that kind of behind-the-scenes uh, look at, at how uh, movies are made, um, it does kind of uh, add a little bit of an excitement to when, like you mentioned, you, you go see a movie and you see things that are familiar to you, and and oh, I remember when they made this. So, uh, right, so there's right. definitely a new experience here in Georgia, and I one that we'll we'll continue to see um, as we go forward. Right. All right. So, so here's the this is sometimes the most the toughest question is what's something kind of cool and fun about a meal that people might not know about? Um, I would say that I am an avid runner. Um, on most mornings, you can see me running around uh, uh, Midtown Atlanta. Um, I'm hoping to do um, uh, another marathon here pretty soon. It's been a couple of years because of the pandemic that a lot of races have been, have been canceled. Um, I've had three or four that have been canceled uh, just in the last few years. So I'm looking forward to really getting back into that um, race community. 
um, because it's it's where I've made a lot of uh, great friends and my numerous stops uh, over the last couple of years, just uh, the, the running community and and traveling places to to run races and and so that's kind of um, my one of my big hobbies is uh, is distance running. Okay. Um, all right. So last book read or last podcast you've listened to? Uh, last podcast I listened to was is called Seventy Over Seventy, and it's conversations with. Um, the people over the age of 70 and they start the podcast with someone, just a regular person who has an interesting story about something that they've done after the age of 70. And then they have an interview that's probably 20, 30 minutes long with a, a well-known person in uh, over 70. And you've had, they've had guests like Dan Rather, uh, Dolores Huerta, the, uh, the activist um, who is involved with Cesar Chavez and is still involved, uh, quite involved. And they just talk, they kind of reflect back on their lives and the things they've learned the course of their lives. And it's really interesting to get that, that perspective that comes with, with age. And I've, it's a podcast that I've really uh, enjoyed uh, listening to in the last couple of weeks. All right. Okay. Uh, favorite local restaurant. Um, I love uh, Bonton, a great Cajun place in Midtown, uh, great atmosphere and and uh, really good food as well. Okay, I haven't tried that one yet. All right, favorite guilty pleasure? Pretty much any at any coffee shop in Atlanta. I'm always perusing the the coffee the uh, the uh, cookie the pastry case <laughs> and looking for the the best chocolate chip cookie in town. So uh, that's that's where you find me, and that's kind of my big big uh, guilty pleasure uh, is going to coffee shops, and I never can never resist the uh, getting a cookie as well. All right, so so you you've uh, ins- in- you've kind of given me a bonus question. What's the best chocolate chip cookie you found in town so far? <laughs> I love uh, Dancing Goats has great, uh, great chocolate chip cookies uh, in their in their pastry case. So I'll, ah, I'll go with very Dancing good. Goats. Yeah. All right, local getaway. Where do you? What, what's a good place to go? Get kind of clear your head. Yeah, I love uh, I love hiking at uh, at Kennesaw Mountain. Just some great views, and you can kind of get up uh, get up to the top and and look across um, a lot of uh, Metro Atlanta and kind of get a great view. And um, it's just a great place to get away. I've also um, been down a couple of times to uh, Warm Springs and the little White House and really enjoy. Yeah, uh, that is nice. And reading a lot about uh, uh, FDR. And so it's it's amazing to just walk out there and see the same thing that he was seeing as he was contemplating all the, the worries of World War II and um, so much history at that site. That that's that's always just a, a fun little getaway as well. I saw recently they're doing some I think they're doing some renovation down there. It'll be interesting to see um, uh, how they preserve that, and and it's such an interesting site with such an interesting history. Um, not only uh, the, the little White House, but also around Warm Springs with with right. um, the, the, the springs history. themselves. Yeah, yeah. I right, uh, I think favorite non work hobby. I think that sounds like running is is that one. So I think we've covered that one. Um, one thing I, I kind of meant to ask is, what is your what's kind of the flow of your work there? Are you a, is it a nine to five kind of kind of schedule or 10 to 7 what's kind of the flow yeah with reporting it's it's more of a 9 to 5 um type schedule um we usually try to 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 hop online early in the morning and kind of give our editors a kind of direction of as far as where we're going to go or if they have a story that they're interested in having us cover as well so we kind of have that that back and forth early in the day and then it's it's mainly about trying to reach out and make contacts with with set up interviews and make contacts with uh, with sources 
Um, and then if we have a story that's going to go on that afternoon on All Things Considered, we're usually trying to get that to an edit by uh, one or two o'clock in the afternoon to make sure it's ready for uh, four o'clock when Jim Burris goes on the air at four. Right. And then if if we're doing a story that's more uh, tilted toward the morning uh, for morning edition the next day, then that we have a little bit later deadline with that where we could still do an edit at, at four or five or six o'clock at night to get it ready for the next morning. And so it's mainly a nine to five um, type deal with reporting, but then there are um, obviously the situations where you might have something to cover at night, a meeting or um, a ball game or, or an interesting development at night or on the weekend. So sometimes the best stories are at night or on the weekend. So yeah. you're just going to have to adjust your, uh, your schedule accordingly. But especially with the, you know, you're not as much on the political side right now, but you get a lot of early morning events, you got a lot of evening events, uh, kind of, you know, following candidates on the trails on the weekends, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to be, you got to be flexible and you have to understand that sometimes, you know, if you're going to cover a, a story on a Saturday morning or a, a Tuesday night, then you uh, pick other times during the week when, um, when you can kind of fit in, um, uh, the, the errands you need to run or the, or the hobbies you want to take part of. Right. So you right, right. Just have to manage your schedule to make sure that you're getting that, uh, that time in as well. It is important to get the exercise in though. I, I always feel better if I do that. Absolutely. If I, if I go a couple of days without moving, then I, I, you know, it is, it is a little bit of a sitting in a chair kind of job to some extent. So I, I got to get out there and get to the gym or go walking or, or something. So anyway, but, uh, let's see anything else about, about what you're working on or ABE that we haven't talked about? Um, I just, uh, we, we've made really a concerted effort in the last couple of years to, um, to listen to the community and really get their feedback of what's important to them, what stories are uh, important to cover. Because sometimes you, you kind of get into this, <clears throat> this mode or this mindset of you're focused on your beat or, or what you're covering or what you think is important or what you're hearing from elected leaders or officials or business leaders. And you don't really think necessarily about different perspectives or different stories that people are interested in. So the, the, the more that we can get out into the community and actually listen to uh, what people are worried about, what's keeping them up at night, what's concerning them, what's giving them joy in their lives, the more we can get kind of a finely tuned sense of, of what's on the minds of people uh, in and around Atlanta. That's great. And I, of course, you know, NPR, public radio. So click on, if you go to WAB.org, click on that donate button, right? Support your, support your public radio station. Right? We're That's not even, true. we're yes. not even in a pledge now, pledge month, are we? Yep. <laughs> You know, some of, you know that, that's the thing is, that, you know, you get, get into these pledge drives and, oh, no, no, another pledge drive. But it really is the way that the public radio is supported. A WAB, for instance, gets 84 percent of its funding from right here in Atlanta, whether it's listeners or whether it's our, our uh, business underwriters. Um, so a lot of the support, the majority of the support does come from listeners and people in the Atlanta community who support uh, non-profit, commercial-free uh, journalism. As they say, listeners like you, right? <laughs> That's right. Exactly. <laughs> All right. We've been talking with Emil Moffitt with WABE, and this has been another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. Tune in every Sunday for another edition, and uh, if you're looking for uh, our database of Atlanta Media, go to leftsatlantamedia.com. And if you're a journalist looking to connect with sources, check out our mitchesmediamatch.com site, and we'll connect up with a 
a source for a story. Emil, thank you so much. Appreciate your time today. I really enjoyed the chat. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks.